in to the very first episode of the Dish and Ish podcast. That is Damon Benning. You know who that is. I'm Robbie Lula. We'll be coming to you every week with uh, a little bit of sports, a little bit of ish, a lot of everything in between. Some of this, some of that. Yeah, that's what the ish is about, that right? It is. It could be anything. You just never know. What that that's is. true. And honestly, we probably don't know either, to be fair. <laughs> when we start. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a whole lot of nonsense. Because we almost never do when we get into the well, nonsense. We usually have a plan and then it just. We tend to deviate. Can't quite get it right it's a little like oh squirrel there we yeah, go exactly um but no we'll uh we've got a ton of good stuff for you as always don't blame shitty um i wouldn't expect a lot of guests on this podcast i would it's pretty much just gonna be me and db i yeah. think unless i mean unless, unless we have something we want to talk occasional to. buddy we start arguing marvel versus dc i gotta get matt d Marinas that's because he's somebody. the only guy who likes dc <laughs> in the world <laughs> you're such a hater <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a hater. I just don't like so they don't So they don't make as good as movies as Marvel. And it doesn't mean like he's the only guy that likes DC. Listen, I know other people like DC Comics. He's the only one who like ride and dies for DC movies. Did he go see Flash already? He probably did. Yeah, well, probably like might. opening night. He was the only one. I'll tell you what, I'm going to watch it. I'm waiting for Tuesday. It only, Tuesday. It only made like $50 million. I'll watch it when it's free. Is that a, is that a bad That's number? That's a real That's bad number. really bad. I think it's like number out of all the... DC movies, I think it's like eight or nine. Really? For like what in do the people top have 10? against Barry? Uh, well, they said it's very messy. The actor is well, a little problematic. Well, he's had some issues. He's had some problems, and I don't know that people love that. But wait a minute, though, Liquid, like, don't do that to me. What do you mean it's a little messy? Uh, they got stuff to clean up. That's what they say. What is it? This is it disjointed? They didn't no, like I, the storyline. I heard like the CGI is bad. Like they cheaped out on a bunch of the CGI. That's what oh. like looks bad. Hey, so where are you guys reading all this? Because I want to catch up. Um, honestly, it's I, I like on Variety, TikTok. Or... I have a lot of movie stuff on TikTok. So do I. And so sometimes they kind of get. I love my my TikTok algorithm is like on point right now. So I may. So mine was better. I, I went through a stretch where I wasn't messing around with it a ton, but right now I'm about restaurants. Mm -hmm. Um. For some reason, I'm like getting these like cleanses. <laughs> so maybe I was on that for a so second. So if you like get into fitness stuff, sometimes you like gravitate. Like the algorithm's like maybe you would like these cleanses that make you poop your brains out yeah, instead like, of it's fitness. Like, it's uh, like no, no. I meant like workout stuff. Yeah, not so, interested in pooping my brains out. That in movie clips. But there's a couple. of I'm not gonna fake there, Ravi. There's a couple of shows that I've gotten into strictly Dude, me from too. TikTok. Sons of, I would have never watched Sons of Anarchy without TikTok. Ooh, see, so I watched it for a while when it was on live. And I stopped. Really? So that show gave me anxiety, man. Like it but was you stressing don't like, me out. You don't like those sad, you don't like those emo you you you're a feel good guy. Well, so I'll watch like some thrillers and some action and intense stuff like that. But here was my problem. So when I was watching it live, I was watching week to week, right? And so not knowing what yeah, happened week good to was week happening. was like stressing me out. So if I can watch, I can binge those type of shows because then I get a resolution. That's all I need with like suspenseful stuff is a resolution. <laughs> so I'm more likely to watch a suspenseful movie than I am a suspenseful TV show. Because a movie, it's like two hours done. I got my resolution. I'm good. Uh. So you don't necessarily need a feel-good moment. You want you want. I need you want resolution. Yeah. Okay. If you just leave me hanging out there, that gives me anxiety, man. Like I don't like that. Yeah. I I thought Sons of Anarchy was way good. 
no, when I watched it, it was really good. I was just like, at the time, because of how I was watching, I was like, I can't keep doing this to myself. So there's, there's a couple, there's a couple more that, I, and I know I'm late to the game, mm-hmm. and it's like most things with me. I'm on, I, I stay on. Hey, better like, late than never. You're delay. Right. Yeah, but I, I, I gotta have, the, I gotta see Peaky Blinders. So. Oh, so that, the first four and there's seasons. A, there's are, another one too. What Banshee? I haven't seen Banshee. The first Banshee, Banshee four, looks like it would be pretty legit, at least according to TikTok. The first four seasons of Peaky Blinders are elite. The last couple are okay, but the first four are. I just rewatched them. Okay, like, within the last month, I just rewatched the first four seasons. Elite. So, is this one of those things like with Black Spot and some of these other shows that have been on sh- streamed? Mm-hmm. They just don't know how to get out. Yeah, well, I th- that was the big thing with Game of Thrones. Yeah, people hated the last couple of seasons, and well, I, I never saw Game of Thrones. So, Game of Thrones had a different problem, right? Is like it it had to leave its source material because the source material was over. Like the guy never finished the books. Oh, and, he just like yeah, he just to... George R. R. Martin never finished the books, and so the last two seasons, I think it's two, have to go off and finish on their own because there's no source material. Seems left. like made up, and so people didn't really like it. I didn't mind it as much, but I also binged it, so I wasn't like if you were watching that thing from the start, you were waiting like twelve years for a resolution. Did you see Breaking Bad? Yep. Yeah. People didn't love that ending. Oh, they're wrong. Breaking Bad's a good ending. Okay, what about Better Call Saul? Also good. Uh, probably a better ending than Breaking Bad. I think Breaking Bad's probably a better show. So, but Better Call Saul's still very good. If you have a prequel, don't you kind of know how it's going to end because of the characters? Or? Yeah, so the interesting thing they did with Better Call Saul, though, is they just kind of weave in the Walter White of it all, and it's really about Saul's kind of origin story. So it's a totally different story, just kind of set in the same world, and you've got some overlap. So it's interesting because it doesn't matter that you know how it ends because you don't know how Saul got there, and that's kind of the point. They did a really good job with that one. A lot of prequels are kind of clumsy and fan service. They did a good job with Better Call Saul. What about Succession? See, I I, I never watched it, so I don't know. I like the first couple seasons a lot. Um, That seems like a show that would give you anxiety because everybody said you don't have anybody to root for. So, yeah. That was a tough one because I didn't like any of the characters. Yeah. And at some point, I want to like somebody that I'm watching on TV, right? It's like I wanted them all to burn to the ground. It's like, you're all terrible people. I don't like any of you. You don't deserve anything. I've watched some shows where I'm like, no, this is just too heavy. Yeah, for sure. And, and so, and it was like that with, um, what was the show I watched where uh, The Watcher? Very disappointed. Okay, I didn't watch The Watcher. Yeah, don't. Ending sucked. <laughs> and it was heavy. Like, nothing good was – it was yeah. just one struggle. I kind of felt like that with – um, what's the show with uh, um, it, the guy that can't – he's it's kind of like the, the Coke industry. Oh, uh, was it, it Narcos? Nope. It, um he was black. It just started in the season just in it. It was six seasons. Um, oh, The Wire? Nope. Okay. I never saw The Wire. Okay. This is more recent. Mm. Um, really good young actor. I watched the first three seasons, and nothing good was happening. Yeah. He got pit against his uncle. They used to be on the same side, okay. and then his uncle ended up um, getting killed. He had the curl. Um. What do you remember? What like service it was on, or where it Netflix? Was on? Netflix. Yeah, mm, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm gonna find it for you. 
I'm gonna find it. For I you. agree with you though. I need some. I need some wins, right? Like I need some positive things to happen, even if it's not an overly cheery show. Mm-hmm. If nothing good ever happens, I'm gonna have a hard time watching it. Yeah, nothing good was happening. If I don't show. like any of the characters, like I need somebody to root for. Shane, remember and like the image on the show, half his face was maroon, the other half was yellow. It was like in a contra a color contrast. This did not come up on my Netflix algorithm. I'm gonna be honest with you. Come on. I don't know what it was. All right. I'll, figure, we, I'll figure it out. Keep we'll just keep, we'll Google keep Netflix cocaine show. I don't <laughs> Hey, you know what? I'm going to. I'm actually that might bring to. it up. You're gonna get Narcos <laughs> first, but it might bring it up after that. It actually did pop up Narcos. Um Netflix cocaine shows. Cocaine Cowboys. And that's all that's that's Yeah, Shane, I know. You have allergies and you keep blaming it on <laughs> On the grass. Not, not Griselda. <laughs> like, they're going Coke, Coke. Is it crack or Coke? You know, Don't I was. that crap on I, me. <laughs> it was brothers, so I think it was crack. Like, we weren't we weren't making enough money yet to get in the Coke business. <laughs> what? I don't know if you can say that. It was snowfall. Snowfall. I was going to say snow, but I was like, is that the right snowfall. thing? Snowfall. I see. Listen, you're tag team. Your Google search history. But once I went from cocaine to crack. You got, I got away from Narcos and Griselda <laughs> and got, got the brothers. Got away from the from the cartel and the white folks. Yeah. And you got into- <laughs> I, I got into what we do, man. Rock. No, I'm just playing. Oh, I'm just playing. No, but I need something good to happen. I need like a little. I need something to root for. A person, an event, something. Those shows that are just bleak. I don't. I don't get the point. So that's like, why I have a hard time. We were talking with Micah last week. With pursuit oh, but, of happiness, dude. How wild is that little kid, dude? He, we need to bring him on somebody. Speaking I'm of like having you. guests on, where it's me and him are just like some week when you're out of town or busy or something, I'm just gonna bring Micah on. I'll have to go pick him up at your house or something because he's like 13. I gotta tell you what he said though. What so we're leaving here. So he meets so, some of you that have listened to me know that, but like he's he's just different, he's a very he's a very mature kid. So we got in driving to school, sometimes he listens to the show, so he knows that. Occasionally, we've wanted to do mornings with Micah, and he's always talking NBA draft mm-hmm. or you know sports or something. But he's a he's very savvy. So we got in the truck, and we're heading over to Seven on Seven, and he goes, "That's Robbie, right?" And I go, "Yeah, why?" And he goes, "I thought he said he didn't like kids." <laughs> and I go. <laughs> I laughed. I barely closed the, the car door. And I go, why do you say that? And he goes, well, that that day that you were on the show, he said kids were tough to be around. I said, no, let me get it right. He said, you guys are a tough hang. Stand by that. And I, I go, where are you going with this? And he goes, oh, man, he seems pretty chill. I was like, oh, man, small doses. You guys were talking hoops. I don't know if he's going to take you out to the ballpark and go hit pitches or anything. But well, I mean, I might because Mike doesn't act like a kid. Like, I can have an actual adult conversation about stuff I care about with yeah, Micah. That was wild. I even walked out. I came back. I was like, what, Yeah, we were what, still going at it. I was like, stuff. What are you guys doing? Not like going at it. We were just, we were having a conversation. I would, no, I would talk. I would hang out with Micah because yeah. he doesn't act like a kid. Because he was telling you why he likes Scoot Henderson better than Wimbanyama. <laughs> he came at me with the top with what is Asur. Yeah. He, he likes Asur. He said Thompson. he's going to be the best player in the draft. And I was like, That's not accurate. <laughs> I appreciate your opinions on Larry Bird, but I'm out on Thompson here. Listen, not saying he's gonna be not gonna be good, but at least he had some rationale to no, it. No, he does, and I appreciate called him, that. Called him a two-way guy. Said he thinks he'll eventually be able to shoot it well enough. 
he said he shot it well enough right now, and that's where I push back hard. <laughs> like, yeah. He's not a bucket getter yet. And he's like, no, well, I think he will. And I was like, okay, you can project that. That's fine. Everybody else is. That's cool. Yeah, he's a cool kid. We'll, we'll get him We'll on. have to bring him on. But he likes – so we try to watch shows, and he likes to watch shows that you have to figure things out. And yeah. he's not – I'm not one of those parents yet that watches those shows with my kids that make me uncomfortable, even if I think they're ready for it. Okay. Right. Like that's, it's like a you problem. You just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Like he wanted to watch, he got game and there were some parts where I Mm. had to like, yeah, still fast forward through and stuff, but like, that's where he's at with it. Right. He wanted to watch, he got game. Listen, pretty, it's a, it's an okay movie. Well, there was the recruiting thing it was interesting. and Lala and like, some of the language, but there's interesting stuff in that. It's the recruiting trip there. You got the problems. So wait a minute. You think, wait, you think he got game is overrated? I think it is probably a little overrated. I think uh, it's a pretty good movie. I think people think it's a little better than it is. Wow. There's parts of it. I really like the, can you make, can you believe Jim Brown made it so long as an actor? Not really, because I don't a think bad he's a very actor. good actor. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, listen, he went decades. Yeah, like a long, he was in a lot of stuff. Decades. And it's not people all, were casting Jim Brown. Yeah, it's really strange. I don't understand it at all. And you better not, you, you better not get a drop in that back seat. I was <laughs> like, ooh, it's a great line. <laughs> you gave my man a, a laxative. <laughs> you know what I think it is about that movie? It's like the way it's shot is kind of chaotic yeah jumpy and i just don't love it i get that it's doing that for a reason yeah it just doesn't hit my eye right so i, I think that's honestly probably what it is because the, the more i'm thinking about it i like a lot of the stuff with ray allen and denzel like the father-son stuff and that situation um the recruiting stuff is really interesting yeah. and I think way more real than people maybe realized at the time. Hey, so all those movies, yeah, Blue Chips, He Got all Game, all all those movies. I don't know that you get fairly the accurate point shaving as much as you did in like Blue Chips, right? That was the big one. I let you tell them. Um, I said I don't <laughs> think I don't know. I'd like to hope not. I'm okay with the dirty recruiting. We get into point shaving, I get uncomfortable, dude. Um, it, it, like that movie, it was ahead of its time. It, no, for sure, it was. And, like, low-key, some of those athletes are not bad actors. No, I know. Like, Ray Allen did a pretty good job. I thought Travis Best was good. Travis Best was pretty good. Um, did you know Walter McCarty, John Wallace? Like, were you realizing real time that they were in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I watched it later, right? So I kind of knew them after. Like, I knew them from after the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some of those guys were real young when they were in those movies. Oh, and for so sure. you may not have re- – like, they weren't really that famous at the mm-hmm. time, right? Um, but, no, I think, I think you know – Some folks call that low budget. Well, you don't have to pay, you know, you're not paying top dollar for it. Well, you know, this is a, this actually goes into the sports thing I thought we might talk about today. Uh Oh, what do you got? So when you're, they're kind of trying to find under the radar, some, maybe some prospects, some acting prospects Mm -hmm. that people haven't heard of, but are still going to do a good job. Right. Oh, Nebraska recruiting. This is where I'm going. You feel (laughs) me? Right. But here's why does that work in some of those movies? Right. Uh, because of our expectation level. Ooh, that's not where I was going. I think you might be right, or partially right at least. I think it works in some of those movies because they knew exactly what they wanted those guys to do mm. and who they needed those guys to be. So this is where I want, because I wanted to ask, like genuinely curious your thoughts on this, because I've heard people talk a lot about the in-state recruiting 
and that's obviously important. It's been a huge boom, right, in the last couple of weeks. That's not what really caught my eye. We've got six guys so far in, at the Nebraska coaching staff has got six guys in this class. That's almost a third of their class because I take I take kickers out of it because their recruitment's always kind of weird. So I'm taking cotton. <laughs> a little wonky. Yeah, like I, I don't really count Alvano. Like I love Tristan Alvano, but in terms of like comparing other stuff, I kind of take. You, did you think he was a little low? Like the OWH Journal, the rankings had him in at 42. Yeah, that doesn't make a it lot seemed, of sense. But me. I this has to be a tough year to put this list together. Oh yeah, there's because you're talking about what half the new roster or half the roster's new. Yeah, you're kind of throwing gotta, darts gotta at, be, at gotta, a certain. Got to be tough to put this list together. But so taking kickers out of it, not because they're not people or players too, but just because they're people because they're different. We we're looking at six guys that do not have a power five offer elsewhere. Yeah. Okay. Now we saw it last year. Jeremiah Charles, Jalen Lloyd, DeAndre Barnes, guys that they ended up getting didn't have power five offers last year. And first year, half a recruiting cycle, you kind of think, okay, they're filling out the class. Maybe they're taking some chances on. Although guys. Barnes had the, or Barnes, uh, Lloyd had the parcels with yes, Illinois, for track Florida, yeah. and Texas Tech was for football too. But okay, um, but I got you're, you. you're looking at guys that maybe are not super highly sought after in the Power Five community, right? Got you. And then it happens again this year. They're taking these guys early. This mm. isn't filling out a class. This is these are guys we want, and they're getting these offers out there. And they're not those non-committable offers because they're committed. They're saying yes. They're saying yes, and they're allowing. They're being allowed to say yes, right? So here's here's where this got me thinking, because it's really easy to look at that and say, "Oh man, what are they doing?" We've got these guys that they don't have pictures or stars on the recruiting website until after they get their picture taken at Nebraska. Callum Barda, <laughs> guys like that. Yeah, uh, uh, you've Guthrie, got Rex Guthrie. Uh, Jake Peters, Quinn Clark, like a lot. The, there's six of them, okay, yeah. that basically nobody else was interested in. Some of them, no other FBS team was interested in. Understood. Quinn Clark told you out loud he only had FCS offers. Yes, and the you know the the websites re- reflect that. Where my mind went was that I was actually kind of excited about it, and I don't think that was most people's reaction. Uh, and I certainly wouldn't have thought that that was yours. Really? No. Where would you? Where did? Where did you think I was going? Because I think when I think of you, you're such a talent evaluator. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you that's know why what? I like it. you. Know what? Coming full circle, as I say it out loud, that's your background. Greasy, grimy. Find a guy. Recruiting evaluator. You were recruiting for some places that didn't that nobody had heard of that hadn't had high end talent. Okay, so now they're playing to your strengths because you were good at that as an evaluator. And so here's what I here's what excited makes more sense to me now. As I say, how about me just changing as I start to say it out loud though? Well, right, because you you kind of think something, and you're like, oh, he likes these certain things. It's weird he likes that because you've been so skeptical. You're kind of skeptical by nature, Mm -hmm. just in general, as a person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's, but you, you kind of started to hit on this. The talent evaluation excites me because I like that they trust their evals more than anything. I don't know if they're good evals or not. Right? I don't know yet either. Because I, I'll be honest, I have seen highlights of some of these guys, haven't seen full game tape, certainly haven't seen like all 22 mm-hmm. or anything like that. And I am the first to admit I'm better at evaluating basketball than I am football. Okay. Especially at the high school level. But I number one, I like that they're trust that they trust their evals. Mm-hmm. 
And that gets me really interested as to why they trust their evals to this degree. Because this is kind of extreme. Oh, for sure. Like, it's a kind of extreme level to say, I don't care that we're in June and that your only offer is from Lindenwood. Yeah. Some of those guys that you're getting the offer. Said it, they didn't have any Power 5 offers. Some let, of, a, let alone FBS offers. Right. And so here's where I'm kind of, I've, I've been thinking a lot about this, and I'm, I'm curious where your head's been at. Because I do like the talent evaluation part of it. But I think it has to be a little bit deeper than that, right? Because in order to be an effective talent evaluator, what do you need? What do you have to see clearly? Uh, upside or like the end game. You have to know clearly what you want to be in order to know if somebody can get there. Correct. Because your how vision. That? your That's how I think, though. Your vision and your blueprint on how to get there have to be crystal clear. Oh, yeah to take chances on guys like this that you could have probably offered them Anytime. six months from now, nine months from now. Yeah. And they some of these guys are saying yes, yes over the weekend. Yes. Yeah. Right. They say yes immediately because they know that's the best offer they're ever going to get. Okay. But that's what really is interesting to me is why rule feels comfortable doing this. Mm -hmm. And where I landed, and this is where I'm curious because you know him better than I do because I don't know him at all. I'm just from the outside looking in. Is it because of, of his conviction in what he knows he needs in terms of players? So I think it's two things. Uh, number one, I think um, he's evaluated talent across a lot of levels. Mm -hmm. He's evaluated talent to win at Temple. Mm-hmm. He's evaluated talent to build at Baylor. He's evaluated talent to put an NFL roster together. Mm -hmm. So I think his experience in knowing, okay, guys historically have needed a certain baseline of this mm -hmm. just to have a chance. Yeah. Right? Just basic baseline. My experience, so it depends on where that particular player is, but my experience with my staff We'll cover the rest, mm -hmm. right? So in terms it's like, of the development, yeah, because that's the other because that, that right? so that's the part I think he thinks. Like, I know you say kids are a tough hang, but like if it, it's like uh, sometimes people ask their kids to travel with me, they can't go. Uh, we trust DB, mm -hmm. you take him. You have to, you have to, you have to get in my car <clears throat> with a certain baseline amount of money. Sure, yeah, yeah, okay. Like, I'm not footing the bill. Yeah, for meals and whatever and everything else. But the rest, trust that I'll take care of them. Like, I got you. Yeah. Okay? I feel like that's the same way with how they're evaluating talent. I, I'd like for you to move like this, change the direction I'd like to be like this. You guys bring that to the table. I'll get you to the rest because the way that I built my staff, listen, I'm familiar with – I'm familiar with McGuire. Mm -hmm. I know how SAC coaches. I'm experienced with EJ. Corey Campbell, my strength and conditioning guy. This is what he's about. I've seen him do this. Man, Ep Cooper, he's talent evaluator extraordinaire. Mm -hmm. I trust him. I'm I'm getting to meet this Tony White guy, but man, I'm familiar with Dvorak. Yeah. Because I know he knows how to coach what I want. So I think it's a combination of things because they know how they want to play. 
So that's the key. They know right. how they want to play. And what's another word for that that people get all up in arms about sometimes? Identity? Identity. Gosh, I'm okay. So we may get along. This thing may work. So because well, if I was like, I don't what if I said I don't know the last three questions, because a lot of times people ask people what you're you want to say and they can't answer. Yeah. But I feel like I'm okay. I'm no, you're doing good. Yeah, I'm we're screwed on, up at some point. We're on time. the same page here, Give right? Because it's in my mind, it starts with identity. Mm-hmm. Because you have to know what you need it to look like at the end, right? 1,000%. So the easiest way is to go get ready-made players that do that, and that's what Alabama does. That's what Ohio State does. Nebraska's not in that spot right now. Nebraska can't really go out and get the ready-made guys right now because they're not coming to Nebraska. 1,000%. That's just the way it is. That's the way it's been for a while. To be fair, to a certain degree, that's almost how it's always been with a handful of exceptions. Ah, you're talking about a former if you want to go all the way back, makers. yeah. If you want to go all the way back, even from when it was good to when it's been bad, you want to go all the way back. I, I'm vibing. Nebraska has had really high end successful recruiting at times, mm. right? But they have also always had developmental players. Is that fair? That is absolutely one thousand percent fair, because they can't consistently count on getting the four and five star at every position. So as I used to always like to say over the last handful of years, seven, eight, nine, ten years, what are you doing in the meantime until you get those good players? Yeah, you have to get to a point where those good players want to be there. And I just, I felt like I was kind of speaking Portuguese over time Mm -hmm. because I think it was frustrating for some people, especially listening to me early, Mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes I'm like, wine or cheese like you got to give me a little bit of time because i'm already fast forwarding to 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 something down down the road road. yeah yeah. listen and i'd say it would drive people crazy i'd say i used i used to use michigan state okay because when nebraska first got to the big 10 it's like you cannot be afraid to compare yourself to michigan state a lot of people say Wisconsin or Iowa. Same idea, though. Okay. So, yeah. Same exact, idea. exact same premise, right? Because how Michigan State did it, where they had passed Ohio State and Michigan. Mm-hmm. Well, Michigan, they took advantage of it down. Listen, that those kinds of things happen. And you have to take advantage of them. And what have what has Nebraska not been able to do? Take advantage of anything. Of when folks are of down. Anything. Like, Wisconsin is not hitting on all cylinders. And we no. still and haven't, they haven't been, able, been for a minute. And we still haven't been able to run them down. And Iowa's all cylinders isn't that scary, to be fair. It not, never has. Not to pull not away. Not, not to pull away from They'll have one or two. They'll yeah. have one year every handful that's really, really impressive. And you're like, man, that's a good football team. So it's, I'm yes. like, I'm like, come on, man. Like, at some point, what are you doing in the meantime? to give yourself a chance to win. And for all these years, I never had these conversations when these games were over. And I was like, man, Team X was so much better. We got beat by Oklahoma in Norman a couple years ago. And mm-hmm. at no point did I think, man, if Nebraska only had better players. No. Now, that's they made a couple of plays to their sure. skill guys on the perimeter, and they would run after the catch. And I was like, oh, man, that's well, just a playmaker. Like one or two guys. Right. But even when Ohio State came to Lincoln a couple years ago and I felt like Ryan Day was trying to lose the game because mm-hmm. he just did not assault clock. Yeah. Do you remember that? I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> it was weird. But anyway. It was weird. I I didn't say, oh, my God, look how good their players are. They are so – and I knew that they were better. And they're so – When Michigan kicked yeah. a field goal to beat Nebraska mm-hmm. at night in Lincoln, that team is going to make a run for the college football players. Mm-hmm. 
And at no point did I say that oh team my. didn't feel better than Nebraska. Oh my God, that a Jabo. Ooh, we hutch. Like I knew those guys are those guys are draft picks, but I that's not what dominated the premise. I was like, if we could have just taken better care of the ball in crunch time, or if when we had that fantastic drive in the beginning of the first mm-hmm. quarter. In the first quarter, we're running trap and veer, and it looks sweet. And then all of a sudden, we throw a YOLO ball, and it gets picked, and they they start mm-hmm. from the twelve yard line, and it's whatever nine three at the half or whatever it was. I'm like, that wasn't about talent. That was about decision making. Decision, just a just, lot of things that Nebraska could have controlled. Just settling in on something when it gets chaotic, especially when something is working, right? And that's where the identity becomes so important. Well, he talks about situational football. What are you going to rest in? I, you're going to rest in your identity. I still think it's funny you're talking about this as we get all super worked up. I, I still think people are talking about the wrong thing with this 2023 team. Okay. We keep talking about offense and Jeff Sims and identity and tight ends and fullback. Ooh, and no, it's game. not going to be about that. Dude, I, I think it's defense. The defense is going to carry them. Uh, I, if the defense is what I think they can be, that's what carries them to the upper end of some people's I, hopes. I seriously think, and I think Nebraska's staff thinks that. As, as Coach so. Rule, what he wants to hang his hat on, I bet you a dollar to a dime, he's going to say the black shirts. 100%. Well, especially, it doesn't have, but we keep talking about mm-hmm. These offensive pieces in the quarterback playing this then because that's what we, we've been conditioned and to. we understand offense better. It's easier. I think in most sports, we were talking about this again off air about basketball. A lot of people don't understand the intricacies of a basketball oh, defense. And what you're talking about when we were talking about the runs and, and the coaching. things that coaches do yes. with stopping runs and adjustments and def- defensive adjustments and yes. defensive schemes and yes. things like that. Defense is harder to understand. I agree. Because people are all, especially in basketball. They don't really get it either. A, people are always going to score, right? The only And there's a reason there's positive yards. Yes. It's, and there's always going to be positive yards. Yeah. There's going to be positive movement. You're not shutting anybody out in basketball. You're not keeping anybody to zero yards yeah. in football. So it's hard to always understand when negative, quote, unquote, things are happening to, the, to a unit. Mm-hmm. But they're still performing well to what you need them to do. So – we think about identity in terms of offense almost exclusively, right? That's that's kind of our default mindset because it's the most people just watch the football, yeah, right? Or they watch the basketball. Completely agree. And completely agree. That's not a criticism. It's okay to watch the game that way. If that's how you want to watch a game, I have no problem with that, right? But you are missing some things. Mm-hmm. And I think what you'd be missing on this year's Nebraska team is that the defense is likely their identity, right? And so they can go out and offer guys as athletes because they're like, ah, I can see how this guy fits into the three, three, five, or I can see how this guy could, could work his way into being an edge rusher or a disruptive playmaker on defense Mm -hmm. in the defensive backfield. And you, so you look at some of these guys and you say, okay, maybe I don't see it. Maybe I don't get it. Maybe nobody else gets it, but I want to go back to some of the things that separated Nebraska Back in the day, you want you want me to validate you real quick? I would love that. <laughs> so, because it's funny, people, and I didn't. I don't even say this on my own show, but on the pod, right? You're talking about substance and and what they want to be and, mm-hmm. and who they want to be. So Caleb was down in Lincoln, 
and you know people have their opinions about whatever right but i'll tell you what the staff said yeah so coach coop is like hey today was one of the most impressive this is him sending this to me mm-hmm. i'm on the road i'm in chicago he says today was one of the most impressive visits i've ever had with a young man and a recruit in particular i absolutely want to coach your kid and i feel like he can be a difference maker in my room mature smart loves football emotionally intelligent things that I don't take very lightly. And I never say, unless I mean very, very impressive. You've done a great job with him pops. You should be proud. Is there anything in there? Nothing about position, nothing about physical ability, nothing, not one word, not a single word. So what is, and I saw that text. That's a long text. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. So I, I, I just, I, 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 Sometimes I chuckle Mm -hmm. because I think revisionist history says to us all we care about are um, is just talent, talent, talent. Measurables. You only have to have a certain baseline of talent, and I think after that, yeah, it's about everything but talent. Now, what we can't get our minds around Mm -hmm. is we don't know what that baseline is. We try to speculate because we see what other teams and yeah so we're like oh you need oh you need a dude or you need that listen in every year we see a team or teams that defy it mm-hmm. tcu the miami heat the tampa bay devil rays every like even we, just stick college ball kansas kansas state tcu last year oh yeah. all those teams right yeah, yeah none of those teams you look at and say loaded with talent yeah tcu played for a national championship listen you cannot convince me <laughs> That TCU is appreciable, appreciably more talented than Nebraska no, last year. I know. Is that? Am I crazy? No. Listen, I tell you, on the high school level, Bellevue West lost four games. <laughs> Nobody was more talented than them. How? <laughs> because it's not just about talent, right? Right. So your spot. It's on. not just about physical talent. Right. Makeup is a different kind of talent. Right. Like work ethic is a different type of talent. Right. But we're talking about it's not about all about physical talent. That's the baseline you're talking about. How did how did Mac have Hurley's number? It wasn't talent. No, I don't think the talent gap is huge there. But who's going to have more guys get drafted? UConn already has. Okay. Right, but I don't think the gap is huge. But you're right. UConn's got more talent. At some point, so you my and, point. My and we point. Saw it, they won a national title last my year. My point in that, yeah, that analogy is, you need a certain baseline. Mm-hmm. But after that, it's about way more yes. than just even with Bama and Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's always been about way more because I compare Ohio State to Michigan. Yeah, Ohio Ohio State is recruited. Better than Michigan composite rankings. Consistently, yeah. But Michigan has recruited well enough, and they're no slouch. Listen, Michigan recruits their ass No, off. but there's a there's a gap. There's a gap. Probably like a 10-spot gap. They're, they're, Ohio State goes top. There's a gap, yeah. right? Ohio State goes top five. Michigan usually goes top 15. So at some point, mm-hmm. it's about something else. Until Nebraska, this I'm just validating you with this, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just to hype him up. It's just to let you know that you're right. Until they get to... Um, needing to go from nine wins to 11 mm-hmm. or 10 to 12, which is probably more talent-driven yeah. discussion, 
they're going with substance over style or stars even right if you want to go recruiting they're they're trusting in what they want that they think will get them over the hump initially Mm -hmm. and remember what i said in the analogy they'll do the rest later so (laughs) they'll fill in the gaps you can get in my car with a certain amount of money yeah trust me to fill in the gaps. i'll fill in the gaps later on yeah right like i got you as long as you bring your baseline yep that's the way that i think they think which is interesting right because i think that's one of the i think it's one of the portable things this is something you've talked about before what's portable right nebraska's been successful in the past Mm -hmm. they've been successful in the not too distant past even you want to go back to like oh nine yeah right that was a really good football team that if they had even a mike riley had a mate no yes they were top (laughs) they were number seven i think in the country yeah yeah. that was six years ago eight seven years ago 16 or 17 so it's not that long ago, right? That's something we can still remember. They were an undefeated top 10 team more than halfway through the season. Mm. Okay? That is not that long ago. Here's what is something that's always interested me, and I think it does you too. We've always kind of been looking for, because I think a lot of people understand intrinsically because of where we're at and some of the geographic limitations that are, I think, overblown, but they do exist. What, what can Nebraska's advantage be? right? Back in the day, strength and conditioning was a huge thing, Mm -hmm. right? Huge advantage. Now everybody does it. Facilities were a huge advantage. Now it's the cost of doing business, right? Being on television. Being on television was a huge advantage. Now everybody's on TV, right? Um, We thought it was going to be NIL. We thought that was going to be the difference maker. And maybe it is a little bit, but people caught up pretty quick, Mm -hmm. right? Nebraska had a plan uh, before most people. Everybody else kind of figured their stuff out within like a year or two, especially the big boys, right? So NIL, probably not the huge difference maker, probably closer to facilities where you just have to have it, Mm -hmm. right? Is it as simple as if you're just better at evaluating the talent that you need, that that's the difference maker? Uh, Well, look at... Like, is that too simple? Look at Minnesota. Look at Iowa. Look at Wisconsin. Look at Illinois. Illinois. Bielema was really good at that. Listen. When they hired him, I was like, man, that's a really good hire. Kind of scary. It is scary. Because he's really good at that. Yes, he is, and and he knows and he knows the conference. And if nothing else, and he knows exactly what he needs. Yeah, it, <laughs> he knows exactly what his system needs. We, I've, we and talk- people used to always get on me about, oh, you know, I was this and I was that, and I'm like, listen, they have an advantage. Mm-hmm. Iowa has an advantage because they know what they want the picture to look like. Identity. So they know if they want colored pencils crayons marker a number two versus ballpoint like a puzzle together right and, and and here here nebraska is over the last 15 sometimes it was a marker nebraska sometimes been, they wanted a pen nebraska and then it was a pencil a puzzle without the picture on the yeah, box it's like, that's what they've been trying to do and that's where i'm that's where i'm hoping that this staff has an advantage and i and i, I said this i've said it a couple times lately the last three weeks, maybe. And I'm said, this is just what good staffs do. Mm-hmm. We're just not used to it. Yeah, it feels a lot different. So we don't know how to process to the information. Yeah. Oh, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Oh, you're a hater. Just buy in. Ah, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Ah, you're just you're Off. just negative because it's <laughs> been so toxic. And all the while, if we just pull back and we just say to ourselves simply. 
What do I want in leadership? That's why I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, by the way. <laughs> what do I want in leadership? Because they check those boxes for me. How, for did, sure. how do they not, though? That's what I mean, right? That's why I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. It's not because the recruits, but that's why I believe, you know, that's why I look at the recruits and I'm like, okay, it's not that they can't get anybody else. You want to start? Those Let's are the guys they wanted. Hey, cat, cat, casting a vision. Yeah. Ate that box? Mm-hmm. Common language. Yep. Uh, common goal. Yep. You know my big one. You haven't even gotten to it yet. Administration, staff, players seem to be on the same page. They check that box? Yes. Okay. What else are we missing? Accountability. That's my big one. Oh, that's listen. That's my big one. You know that about me. Hey, did you see it? Did you you saw the list for his assistance mm-hmm. in the offseason? Mm-hmm. Do you know how I that's how I looked at it because I'm immature. <laughs> Do you know how petty that seems? I was gonna say, you know how much work that is. It seems it seems like you're just you're just managing me to be managing. It me. sounds it seems like micromanagement, but then I looked at it like this was my initial knee jerk, mm-hmm. but then I looked at it like this. He's not. He's telling you what best practices mm-hmm. is. He's not. He's clearly setting expectations. Yeah, that's that. So that I had to flip the script. You're, he's clearly setting expectations. I looked at it as a parent. I was like, I don't want to know what my kid is doing in college. A couple times a month. Yeah. Like, I want him to grow up. Yeah. And I was like, well, wait a minute. What if he's having a bad couple of weeks? Yeah. And it's not a surprise to me because you've been in communication with me. Because oh, that, that'd be cool. That's a whole different thing. Right? <laughs> that I would like that. That's a whole different thing. Right? Uh, so, like, I, I'm with, like, roulade, no roulade, believe, toxic, 20 years of bad, what? Do they simply check the boxes of what I want in leadership? Of what I believe it takes to be a good leader? At least give yourself a chance to have success. Right. That, and that's what I've, so I've, I've said this to people, is you can't win any games in the offseason. Right? You can't, you can't go out and, and chalk up Ws. They're not going to start the season 3-0 and because they have, like, they don't get three wins as a handicap because they had a good offseason. Right? You can lose games in the offseason. Oh, there's though. zero question. You can go into situations where you are gonna take L's in the in the regular season because you didn't do You're things right. You're prepared in the offseason, yeah. right? Yeah. So it does matter. I know people get sick of it because that's all. That's the only place the wins have seemingly existed in the last yeah. 10, 20 years to a degree that we care about. But it does matter, and translating it to the field, yeah, that's the next step. But if you don't start here, no, no. good I'm, luck translating it to the field. 1,000%. Because we saw with the last F, what happens in the offseason does get translated yeah, to the one, field, one, good and bad. 1,000%. Right? Hey, and how about this? How about how you finally have a staff assembled where – now, there'll, there'll be some schools and some – there'll be some job opportunities from some guys mm-hmm. on the staff. Tony White comes to mind. But nobody wants that guy's job. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah the amount of respect they have for the job and the guy that's doing the job mm-hmm. is irreplaceable. Yeah. And I don't think it's that common. Like, I think it's unusual. It's just, it's just, nobody's thinking, man, when rule after he's gone, man, Ooh, this is the, 
I just don't get the sense from that staff. Now, I listen, also it's not to say that nobody's going to want McGuire in a year or two. Sure. Nobody's going to come knocking on Knighton's door because yeah. they will. Yeah. But they don't want his job. Yeah. They don't ever under don't ever undersell that. Well, it that, ma- that's a big deal, at least to me. It matters, right? Because on a coaching staff, there has to be a level of trust. Uh, and one. if you th- and if, if I'm not going to sit in your meetings, and if you think I'm with you that other people on your staff want your job or think they could do your job better than you, yeah. really hard to have that no. trust. That's not just a football thing. That's an everybody thing, oh. right? Doesn't really, matter where you are. Really hard to sit in a meeting. With a boss at, at work or mutual anywhere, or PayPal anywhere and say, OK, if you want that guy's job, really hard to have a good level of trust there. Yeah. Right. If you want a another job, let's say, hey, you know, I'm in I'm on this track right now. I would really love to get to the management track. I don't need your job, but I want to be at your level. Mm-hmm. That's a different thing. No question. Right. No. And if you have a good relationship, you have good trust. The guy at that level will help you get to that level. Because and it's how I've always tried to it's how I've always tried to piece it together. I think coaches, coach, coordinators, coordinators, coach, position coaches, position coaches, coach players. The overseer is the ball is the mm-hmm. head coach. When he can empower you to facilitate that kind of hierarchy and that kind of pecking order, you're cooking with gas. And is there any doubt in your mind? We can wrap up here. Is there any doubt in your mind? That Matt Rule wants to see everybody on his staff that wants to get to a different level, that he he will do everything in his power to help them get there. Because that's why there's trust. There's no question. That's why there's trust. No he wants Tony White to be a head coach someday. He wants Garrett McGuire to be an OC yep. someday. And you hired guys like Tony White and Garrett McGuire who have such reverence for those that came before them. Tony White, at the end of his coaching clinic, had 10 names that he wanted to thank for people that had helped him get to where he was. Coach McGuire with his dad at Texas Tech, having Coach Roy given his dad a chance. Just the level of reverence and respect for the profession gives you a chance. That is Dish and Ish episode one. We'll be back every week. I think you're going to come back? Yeah, I'm here, man. We're we'll here. come back. We'll we're, be back we're, next we're week. We'll see what we'll, we'll pick a day to drop the pie. I think we're dropping a lot. I don't know. We'll figure it out. That's yeah. that's somebody that's above my pay grade. But so mine too. We will drop these every week. That's Damon Benning. I'm Robbie Lula. Thank you to Shane Schilberg for producing. This has been a Heard at Sports Network production.